Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it, so how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. And welcome back to another episode of the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. This week, I am super excited to have my guest on. She's one of my seminary sisters. We were ordained together on the beach of the Sea of Galilee. She is a psychotherapist. She's a licensed clinical social worker. She is a certified energy psychology practitioner. She does EFT. She's a certified neurokinesis practitioner. I really want to know what that is. Dream <laughs> coach. She is a passion test facilitator. She's a Reiki master. She leads workshops and retreats, and she is a trainer and a coach. And Catherine Ewing, I am so happy to have you here. It is, it's just so nice to connect again, Julie. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're Facebook friends, we're in each other's groups, but you know, it's just, we're just talking a little bit before the show, but you know, we, we were ordained 15 years ago this month. This month. Yeah. 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 We we just have been home not less than a week. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've, we've seen each other a little bit. I think we were just, I think I, I went up to Connecticut then you and I went down to D.C. to, to visit with Lori. Oh, right, 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 right. You came yeah. to my house in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, and then we had something. So we, we've seen each other, but it's been yeah. at, least, at least 10 years. Yeah. Well, I haven't lived in that house in 12 years. Okay. So longer than 10. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So what is going on with you? I am, I'm just so, so happy to hear and see what all that you're doing. But tell the listeners what what makes you uh, get up in the morning and <laughs> my cat pouring <laughs> out my head like come on ma wake up <laughs> time for food I thought when my kids you know got old enough I wouldn't have anything waking me up in the morning but you know companionship is a beautiful thing <laughs> so yeah I'm I, I feel like I'm, I've been saying this for the last you know thirty years well I'm in transition. <laughs> You know, it's just kind of, I think, where we're all at at this point. I mean, for me, the trans- transition in terms of work is, you know, I've been a psychotherapist in private practice for 27 years now. And since I had my healing center back in the early 2000s, I don't have that anymore. But, you know, I, I was t- got a bunch of coaching certifications. And so I've always had a little coaching practice on the side. But I'm really in this space now that, I'm working from home anyway. Um, I'm really sort of focusing on letting go of the therapy practice and 
building up the coaching practice. So I'm in, you know, I'm in that space. Feels again like a like a big period of inner transformation going on. I think that's true for a lot of people. I'm not sure what it is about this time in COVID, but what I have noticed is that, you know, working with my clients, even clients that I've known for a long time, things are starting to come to the surface where we're having the opportunity to dive deeper into old wounds that maybe they had thought they had cleared or finished or put aside, or maybe things that they had completely forgotten because they were so far down in the subconscious. So I guess I should probably also say in terms of what I'm doing, I've always worked with primarily women and mostly around trauma. Mm. And I'm particularly interested in sort of this intersection of how our early life challenges, you know, what they might call ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, but even later in life and loss because, you know, I lost both of my parents. I wasn't young, young, but, you know, I was 22 when my mom passed and 30 when my dad passed. They both passed before I had any children. So, you know, they're really, it it, it felt very young for me. Yeah. So I've always been interested in trauma and loss and then how those early experiences not only inform our lives, but inform our purpose. Mm. So it's, I, I don't think, I know a couple of other people who sort of talk about the relationship and the intersection of trauma and purpose, but usually you don't hear them in the same conversation. Or you might hear, well, you know, the things that we overcome or heal or whatever can move us in a direction toward our purpose. And I believe that. But I also believe that once you have a sense of purpose, it helps you to heal your trauma. So it's kind yeah. of a, like a you know, symbiotic complementary yeah. symbiotic. Yeah, good word. Oh, I'll use that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just <laughs> um, So that's kind of where I'm at, you know, in, in the workspace. In fact, tomorrow, you know, we can talk about this later. Tomorrow, I'm actually starting a six-month mentoring group for women. That's called Unleashed. Okay. Heal your heart, birth your brilliance, and make an impact. So for women who are feeling some calling, you know, I used to, back in my 40s, I called it divine discontent. It was like, ah, what's going on with me? But <laughs> I know, I don't think it's anxiety, but I'm not sure what else to call it. And then in retrospect, of course, you realize it was just your soul calling you forward, right? Mm-hmm. Into a higher expression or a larger expansion of yourself. And there, I think a lot of people are in that space now. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I'm particularly interested in supporting women who feel like something's up, but maybe they don't know what it is, or they don't know how to, even if they have a sense of what it is, kind of move in a direction of stepping into that more, more fully and more authentically. So that's, that's kind of the, not the short version, but certainly <laughs> not the long version. <laughs> No, it, it's it's beautiful because I remember when, whenever I hear the word yes, I always think of you because when, you know, when James put out that email, like, I'm going to go start this seminary yeah. and, and if you want to join the seminary interested or curious or yeah, yeah. just it, type in the word yes in the subject line. And your answer, I remember you saying was yes, 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 <laughs> you know, like how many yeses and that always resonated with me because it was like this this knowingness you know like 
And it was this, it was the same for me. Like I just have this, this, like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what you were supposed to do. Like moving forward into this seminary of spiritual peacemaking of expanding that. Cause you know, I know I was in my early thirties and that, that transition time of was on this, this journey. And this was, I felt was the culmination of that journey, but here was just the beginning of that journey. So how is saying yes to that? Well, I was going to just ask you, I was going to switch around and become the, the interviewer. <laughs> I, you know, I, I love this space. You know, I love to ask and answer questions, but I was curious how it happened for you. My story is really fascinating and it'll take a couple of minutes. But, yeah, go for it. Uh, go. Yeah. So I'll share because it really was one of those times where there was absolutely no question. There was no waffling. It was so clear to me. So I had, that was during this period of what I called my divine discontent. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm supposed to go back to school, like to get a PhD. I mean, I already had a master's. So, you know, what's the next sort of linear, right? What's the next thing? Okay, well, I'll go for a PhD. Well, I don't know. What do I even want to study? So I had in my mind that I was going to look for a university. I mean, this is so random. (laughs) I was going to look for a university that was really basically going to let me create my own PhD program. But I knew that I wanted it focused on peace, right? Sort of how people create peace in the world or something to do with peace. I knew I wanted to work on anchoring the energy of the divine feminine because Mm. I had been getting personal messages myself from guides or if I had readings done that this was part of my process to balance the divine feminine energy on the planet. So (laughs) to get this out out of balance masculine right you know a little more in balance and the third was you know around the whole law of attraction and manifestation stuff i was fascinated with those sort of three things so here i am back in the early 2000s or it was 2003 at that point and the internet was not that great and my searching skills were not that great and i was down in the basement one day you know just kind of poking around on the computer trying to find something and you know really coming up pretty empty And I finally, you know, I could hear that it was early in the morning. I could hear the kids stirring upstairs and I decided, all right, you know, that's enough of that for today. And I, but I flipped back to check my email and there was the email from James. Now I'm not even sure how I got on his email list to begin with. I think that I know because it had something to do with his work in Bosnia and Thomas and the kid who the psychic child and somebody I knew, I think said, Oh, here's this guy. You might like his stuff. But anyway, he sends out this email, right? Where he had just come back from Bosnia, had this experience with the emissaries of light and had sort of been given a mission. Here's your mission, Mr. Twineman, should you choose to accept (laughs) it, right? To create the seminary. And he was really just putting out an inquiry to see if there were people who were interested. Yeah, And he started to describe, revolve around the work of St. Francis of Assisi and Lady. And literally, Julia, as I was reading it, my whole body started shaking, like from the inside out. And I had tears streaming down my face, just like. (laughs) Wow. And because I'm a little slow, I thought, oh, maybe this is the thing I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was unlike anything I had ever experienced before. I mean, literally sobbing 
and my, my entire body like vibrating. Wow. Wow. And then as he said, if so, if you're interested, please hit reply and put yes in the subject line. And I just wrote, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no question about when or how much or how long, or it was just hands down done, came upstairs and announced to my then husband, Hey, I just signed up for this program. And then we start, that was in October, I think of 2003. And then we started in January. January. Four. Yeah. I yeah. mean, talk about like just listening and because I know for him, what he would said, it was like, even the coaches had no idea what, what they were going to do. Like, it was just like, Hey, let's do this. And there was so much of a response of a yes. to Yeah. Well, to, I think there were 425 people who from yeah. around the world, mostly the United States, you know, North America, but and Europe as well. But 425 of us, I think started in that first year. In the first yeah. Class. Yeah. So that was a that was a big big class. Yeah. 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 And they just made it up as they went. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about just make shit up as you go along. That was like. <laughs> yep. And it worked. Great. It was yeah. great. It was it was so beautifully done with such authenticity, and that trip to Israel seriously was one of my the highlights will be oh. the highlights of my life. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no. I actually just heard from Jamal last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I, I saw his picture and Jamal, he worked in the hotel that we were staying in. And well, you, if you want to describe his story, if you. Well, yeah, he and I had a very interesting connection. And it happened the day that we all we had sort of like a day off when we were in, you know, at the Knights Palace and Deb Court and I. Mm. went out and you know we were just walking around and poking around and we bought some lunch and we came back to sit in the courtyard at the Knights Palace to eat and Jamal came out he was on a break or maybe he had finished from an overnight and you know was kind of hanging around or whatever and we you know we just started talking because he had a good enough command of English I mean you know and he was such a personable guy he is such a personable guy and he, I forget how it come up, something about, oh, I was kidding him, I think about, you know, the, all the girls must like him or whatever. And he just, you know, he sort of very quietly said, no, I don't have anything. I didn't know at the time he was married. But, but anyway, to make a long story short, he started to talk a little bit about having been in prison because he was a Palestinian. So during the time of the, I'm going to say this wrong, infantata, the, you know, the fighting, whatever, he was actually imprisoned. And I could tell he was in a lot of emotional distress. And I asked him if it would be okay if I did some energy work on him. He had no idea. He was like, sure. So I walked around behind him and I just placed my hand over his heart and, you know, just did some Reiki. Mm. And he started like just the movement of tears and, and Deb was sitting across from him and she said she was watching his face and he just whatever something came over him and he was deeply deeply moved and, and you know when we finished he was just like what was that and he really had a powerful powerful it, well we all had a powerful experience just being in that space together and then he went on to tell us a story about he wasn't even supposed to be in Jerusalem if he had gotten caught being there he could have been thrown back in jail again yeah. um but because his wife was from he wanted to be with his wife and he had three children at that point. 
And so to be in this little confined space, I mean, the inner city is only what, like a mile square. I mean, it's not very big. And he's walking those streets every day. People knew who he was, not knowing whether at any moment he could just be scooped up and thrown back in prison again. And there are other stories about that that I could tell that I won't go into. But that moment with him just doing the energy work and sending him peace or whatever was just so profound, one of many profound moments. And we just became really connected through that. And, you know, we, we stayed in touch, pretty closely in touch for quite some time afterwards. And then, you know, as time goes by, but he's still every once in a while, he'll just pop up and say, hello, my, my friend, how are you? And, you know, we'll, we'll exchange a little something. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so with the whole aspect of trauma and I've, I've done my own little bit of study around trauma and what it does to the body and how it can really inhibit our ability to maintain a sense of center, how, and I know what ACEs are. I've taken the test and I I know that for my own, well, for my father's experience, he would have gotten probably a zero or maybe a one on that. But the questions didn't pertain to him. In essence, when he was 10 years old, he witnessed his little brother get hit and killed by a train Mm. his little two-year-old brother and his mom my grandmother blamed my dad because he was 10 he was supposed to be watching Watching so it wasn't until my father was literally on his deathbed when a priest came and absolved him of this yeah Yeah. the sin quote-unquote that he was able to pass I mean, he literally, like his whole life, I, it wasn't until I was like in my 30s or four, maybe, probably in my 40s then when I found out what ACEs were and took that test. And here, you know, my father was, because he was never absolved of that from even his own mother, that he had issues his whole yeah, life. Yeah, he carried that guilt. And guilt and shame are on the emotional guidance scale. Mm. or the map of consciousness, whether you're looking at Abraham Hicks or Dr. Hawking's in the in the Power vs. Force book. On both of those scales, shame is the lowest, right? And then guilt and blame, or, you know, they're all, or feeling blamed are all in that, you know, really heavy, dense energy. Yeah. And when it gets held in the body, especially over extended periods of time, it wrecks havoc because of the chemistry of it. It literally wears down the cells, the telomeres, the end caps on the cells, right? Not to mention what it does psychologically and emotionally to yeah. someone. Yeah, but the physical aspect of it is very real as well. But, but just to live in that energy of, of guilt, for your entire life and and I'm sure he blamed himself oh yeah because his mother blamed him and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. and and it yeah so I mean we could get into that intergenerational transmission of wounds that James O.D. talks about and how that because his mother blamed him and then he had I mean he my dad was like a very he took care of us. He had a job. He had, you know, he was very responsible in that regard. 
but he had a problem with alcohol. And so looking at that now, it's like, oh, that's why is because looking at this trauma theory of what it does to the body and especially the the childhood adverse childhood experiences. I mean, I think my dad is a hero because he had to go get through so much just to have some sense of normalcy, which is raising a family of four kids. And so how does that intergenerational transmission of wounds come? Does that come into effect with the women that you work with? I have such a, yes, (laughs) yes. I mean, we all carry the wounds of our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandma. Yeah. We carry the individual, we carry the wound of the collective, you know, the, the feminine in the collective. I was working with a woman one time. I didn't work with her for very long. I knew her through a networking group and she asked me if she could come in because she was a little stuck around something. And she was, she was older. She had retired actually from a very successful career in running call centers and that kind of thing for other people or customer services. And, you know, she was, you know, very well equipped to do that kind of thing. And in her retirement or in her transition, she had started sort of her own consulting company. But she found that she had a terrible time being able to let people know what she was doing or promote herself or speak up or, you know, invite people into her business. And she said, I I don't understand it because when I was working for other people, I had no trouble <laughs> yeah. right? talking about how great it was and, and enrolling client, you know, whatever. And we started doing some tapping around whatever, even though it's hard for me to market myself. I mean, we were using very basic language or even though there's maybe there's a part of me that doesn't want to be seen or whatever. And while we were tapping, she had a vision of all of the women who I'm getting chills as I'm saying this, going back many, many, many generations. And she saw how all of them had been stifled. Many had cancer of the throat Mm. or something similar where they couldn't speak. Several of them were mute. And she recognized in, in this quick moment of, it didn't take very long, that those women had all been abused. They came from a very dad's side. It was Sicilian. And even her own grandmother, who had 13 children, but was never married to the man, they refused to bury her in the cemetery with the children, with, with, with the family. Oh my God. And so she saw this history of abuse and subjugation of all of these generations of women and how for some of them physically and others, you know, in other ways it showed up, but in this not being it, like not having a voice, right? Mm. Not being heard, it not being okay for them to speak up and all of these physical symptoms. And she was blown away. And we cleared that this multi-intergenerational, multi-generational through the feminine, through the matriarchal line. And she went on, she went on to be able to be more successful in her business. And I happened to bump into her a few years later. And I was like, oh my God, I was so, you know, that session that we did just has stayed with me all these years. And she was like, what happened? Like she, she, 
she like forgot it. And I was like, I was still, you know, having this experience because it was so powerful. But somehow it just happened for her. And then like she really didn't have a recollection of what happened in that that session. And I, when I reminded her, she was like, oh my God. (laughs) Wow. That's a a very powerful Yeah, that's my, that's probably my, you know, most obvious. (laughs) Yeah. You know, again, that's sort of undeniable. Like she had this vision and they just went back through the generations and she realized this connection to her not being able to speak for herself. She could promote somebody else. She could do what she needed to do. But when it came down to her standing in her sovereignty with her gifts and her offerings, she couldn't do it. Wow. That's really, that's amazing. That's a really an amazing story. So with the work that you do, the mission of this podcast is to help people know that they can intentionally create peace in their life and the peace can amplify out to all those with whom they interact, you know, whether it's in their work, whether it's, you know, holding the door open for somebody coming in the the door behind them at a grocery store. So what, what do you see as far as when people go through a healing process with you, whether they work with those that you have and you with your mentoring class that you're having at six month mentoring, what is it that people can can do intentionally as far as amplifying peace and amplifying love? And hopefully that is a clear question. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yeah. And what I would, you know, what I would say is, I mean, the things that I sort of described, even my own experience with responding to Jimmy's program, which was not out of trauma or anything, but also, and also this experience, well, this experience with Jamal and and with my client that I just described, they're moments in time, they're transformational moments in time that are amazing. They might wake people up, right? They might clear some old pattern. They might help them reframe something and see it like with your father, it was absolution. But I've had, you know, working with tapping in different kinds of energy healing where it actually gets reframed as we're working, where they finally realize, oh, it wasn't my fault that my father walked out the door when I was seven years old. Mm, yeah. Right. It wasn't because I was stupid or that I yelled at my brother or I had trouble reading or said something mean to my mom. Like that's not why my father left. And where people carry so, so there's, there's this moment in time that can be a healing or an awakening moment. And then it's the day-to-day practice. <laughs> like that's just a moment in time and it's wonderful. And then you settle into really doing the work, you know, whether it's a, a meditation, daily meditation practice, or whether you do tapping or, you know, something where you begin to consistently and persistently Mm. shift up your energy, connect with a higher guidance, move from your head to your heart, begin to, you know, because I work with so many women who have experienced so much abuse, much of it sexual abuse, I I find this is uh, in sexual abuse, probably the most untalked about symptom is this they 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 lose their ability to trust themselves Mm. to 
trust their inner guidance, to trust their bodies. I mean, they lose, you know, obviously they don't trust other people either. Right. But there's a lot of that internalizing of the mistrust because maybe their body betrayed them. They actually, they might've enjoyed some of what was going on because our bodies are biologically built, right? Or they tried to speak about what happened to them and they were shamed or blamed or punished or, you know, told they were bad. You know, I was just talking to a woman the other day who at five years old, a neighbor screamed at her for letting this seven-year-old boy who was assaulting her (laughs) in the neighborhood, in the woods, and at you know they were blaming her for letting him do that to her yeah you know, so this rebuilding of self trust and self love i think for all people but again my experience is primarily with women is critical yeah the day to day practice of being kinder to yourself so whether you're do- doing you know a, a kindness meditation or you know, the beautiful loving kindness. I love this. There's a three minute, the heart, the heart brain. Well, you know, the heart brain stuff, right? I always teach my clients and oftentimes I'll start a session just spending three minutes doing the heart brain coherence Mm -hmm. and lighting up the enlightenment circuit with gratitude and appreciation and joy and love and compassion, right? Bringing those words and their vibrations and their the and the chemistry of that through the body which again is healing not only mentally and emotionally but physically because that chemistry is like a healing bomb to the cells and to the organs as opposed to the adrenaline and the cortisol and you know whatever other heavier denser chemistry that runs through the body with anger or frustration or shame or guilt or sadness or resentment or disappointment, you know, unforgiveness, those energies that are so harsh in the body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing that I, uh, on my morning meditation and as a heart math coach and trainer, we tell our clients that these, all those emotions have their place. Anger has its place. Sadness has its place. Like if you're at a funeral and you're sad, that's appropriate. If you're sitting watching TV with your family, everything's good and you're sad, that's where you can kind of look at that, see why it is that you're sad in that experience. You know, anger can be a a tool for movement. It can be, you know, something is amiss. What is it? You can use these as guideposts, as way showers all these emotions. They're just information about (laughs) how far misaligned are we in that moment? And as as you said, is there good reason? Obviously, everything is energy and motion. Every emotion has a particular expression, right? In the physical body. And yeah. Yeah. And so it's so important for people to, to know that it's not because I, I mean, I've all for my entire life had problems with anxiety, had problems with trying to work myself into a peaceful place, you know, and, and I own that. And, you know, that's where my work is. And that's where I want to help people kind of. And that's why them, you do this. Yeah, <laughs> right? out of, yeah, out of their anxiety, because when we talk about this interconnected field of this interconnection that we all are a part of, right? This interdependence, this interconnection. And when we come from this place of anxiety, we feed this field anxiety. 
or when yeah. we feel we feed this the field joy we we put that out into the world so if we can take ownership of our emotions and really and know that yes that physical what it does the chemistry in the body what it does to your body what stress does to the body is exceptionally bad you know yeah. and when we live in that space it's just doing damage and damage and damage but when like you said when we can shift out of that to the joy to the love to the gratitude yeah then we're putting all those happy hormones into our system happy <laughs> and then and, and yeah and then and then yeah. we can feed that field around us you know that joy that love yeah well i remember first time i actually lot like locked into that the early 2000s reading bruce lipton's biology of belief yeah right where he That's talks about when we shift out of you know those heavier denser emotions that we talked about right like anger and guilt and shame and oppression or despondency or powerlessness you know you can almost feel there's almost no energy moving in those you know they're kind of like quick drying cement almost right <laughs> yeah, like they exactly. just it's nice but when we can shift those just by our thoughts and thinking about or visualizing something that makes us smile so now all of a sudden we're in gratitude or appreciation or joy or a sense of freedom or expansion and in as little as 17 seconds he was able to start seeing the changes in the dna at, you know, in the, in the cells at the level of the DNA, that blew me away. Mm -hmm. Because because when you think about the implications of that, wow! If that starts to happen at 17 seconds, what is the potential for mental, emotional, physical healing when people really start to get that? Yeah. And more and more, I, I you know I think people are. I mean, there's so much now with you know epigenetics and law of attraction and it can be tricky for people, but just that shift in where are you putting, where are your thoughts in this moment? Mm -hmm. And I, that's why I love the heart brain coherence. Just those three minutes. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Been like, oh my God, like I feel like a different person in three minutes. It is. It, it's, it's an amazing thing. And using those heart math tools, I have been, that's what have gotten along with everything else. But those tools have really helped me kind of go from like my, when I call my come from as anxious to peaceful and calm. Like that's my starting point for the most part is this sense of peace, this sense of gratitude, this sense of excitement now that I'm on this path fully. So it, it really helps when we, we have this sense of self-love because I would say, you know, self-love begets inner peace. Inner peace begets world peace. Therefore, self-love self begets yeah. world peace. A equals C and B equals C. I'm so logical that way. Yeah, I love those yeah. logic statements. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, years ago, I, I don't know if you know Peggy Black. She does morning messages. And I, I tapped into her many, many years ago. And I've just stayed connected with her and her stuff. And I remember... What, I still have her her principles like on my refrigerator, like I used to have my kids' schoolwork, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> one of her sort of one of her basic principles is that every act of personal healing is an act of global healing, mm. right? Beautiful. So yeah. again, 
be, because it is all one field, any time we are raising our own vibration, we are supporting the raising of the vibration of the of you know of the collective and and just the opposite every time and i need to remind myself of this when i start looking at political videos <laughs> and letting myself go down the rabbit hole <laughs> but, but yeah it works the opposite way as well mm -hmm. yeah and and then when we can put because this is what i do with the peace alliance Lori and i went down to dc with the, the peace alliance and and lobbied congress for a department of peace building and Mm -hmm. And putting that mindset, directing it to that which is so swampish, right? Like the what we have, you know, we walked around DC and the three of us and, and looked at the, we went to the Lincoln Memorial, we went to the Jefferson Memorial. I remember we went to the Eleanor Roosevelt Park. That was beautiful. So if we as peacemakers, as peace builders, when we can do the work intentionally with protection, with love and do the work that needs to be done. Like we, you know, there's a lot of healing that has to happen in yeah. this country. Yeah. And what are yeah. your, what is your take? Go, on? Ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What, what I just wanted oh, to I was just, you just reminded me of something. I got an email this morning from a friend of mine, Lori Layden, who has, she's had a project for many, many years called create global healing. And she was one of the first people to work with tapping with EFT with the survivors of the genocide in Rwanda. Mm. And she's been doing that for probably 15 years. And I met Lori. I knew of her. We had communicated because the Tapping Solution Foundation was supporting her work or whatever. And we had connected. And so when Sandy Hook, the, you know, the shooting at Sandy Hook happened here in Connecticut, Lori came in. From, she lives in California now. She's originally from Rhode Island. And she basically, with the help of the Ortners and the Tapping Solution, organized the tapping, the EFT response. And I was a volunteer there for about two years after the shootings in Sandy Hook. But what I wanted to say is I just got an email from her this morning. She and another friend of hers who I don't know, Lisa Witte, I think her name is, are doing a free webinar but interactive this friday i can send you the link about this very question like how do we move forward now how do we begin to find some peace mm. okay. you know how do we begin to bring people together so you know if you want to share it with your audience absolutely um, put the link in our show notes yeah and, and it's free and you know it's two hours it's this friday three o'clock eastern time so 12 o'clock pacific time whatever but I think I'm going to tune in because, you know, Lori's been doing global peace work for a long time. And, you know, I, I, as I said, I don't know the woman who she's, she's going to be co-hosting with, but I'm sure it's going to be an interesting conversation for those of us who are like, yeah, how do we begin to, to come together, move come forward together and mend some of this, you know, this, you know, I think I think in the email it said something like, you know, over 70 percent of the people feel like this is the worst they have ever seen it in whatever whatever side of the political divide you're on that they've never seen this amount of division and hatred and intolerance mm -hmm. of each other yeah and how you know how do we step off from that space and begin to create some healing and yeah yeah 
Well, that that's a very good good question, and we can move from there. But I, you know, I think we could probably keep on talking. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could always keep talking. <laughs> That goes with that goes without saying. <laughs> they didn't call me Chatty Kathy for nothing. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I I like to end with some calls to action for the listeners. So what would be a, a great call to action that you would suggest for people right now as they're listening? I'm not to put you on the spot. Yeah. Well, I would I would say, you know, tune in to that free webinar on Friday. I mean, I think there's going to be some great, it's going to, you know, more than what I could say right now. But, you know, I I would also go back to what I said before is begin some daily practice. Start your day getting yourself in a place of inner peace, calm. You know, there's so many resources out there now from apps to YouTube to there's no there's no shortage of um and I'm sure you provide resources and things you know for your listeners but to really make a commitment to yourself each person make a commitment to his or herself to begin to be the change <laughs> yeah to begin to be the change by beginning to change their inner world because that's the only way it's going to happen yeah you know, and people are always welcome to, I have a Facebook group for women called Divinely Inspired Feminine Leaders. Now, if anybody's interested in checking that out, feel free. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put that link in the show notes. So my, that will be there. Yeah. And, and my, you know, my current group starts tomorrow. If anybody's really feels like, wow, that feels like something really right for me. I mean, it's very, you know, it's kind of, we're on the, you know, short notice end, but, you know, I'd be happy to have a conversation with someone or whatever if they're interested in that. But there's, you know, I do other things online as well, you know, I, so both within and out of my Facebook group, whether it's tapping or meditations or just, you know, jumping on and sharing some thoughts that I might be having about something related to, drop from here to here because that's the other you know that's the big piece I was type a very analytical I had six brothers so for me it is balancing the feminine energy with the masculine I had to do that inner work and I still continue to do that inner work part of me that's very competitive and very linear and wants to win (laughs) 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 and be, be the best you know and all of that so it is and no matter how long you're doing it there's still more do not in oh I gotta do this but you know it's like oh I get to grow some more Mm -hmm. oh I get to experience this new thing or I get to see these synchronicities showing up in my life more frequently or wow like I'm really walking through life even in the midst of crazy feeling pretty grounded and pretty good and pretty grateful and so it's 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 you know over time there can be some pretty profound shifts and changes. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's that whole reframing, you know, reframe the situation that you're in to, to look for the, the, the silver lining or look for the lesson or look for <laughs> where you're growing. Cause I, I, I think about it in terms of what I call, you know, our, raising our spiritual eyesight. Are you walking through the world, looking down at the gutter 
at all the trash and complaining about people throwing their coffee. Co I mean, I've, I've been known to do this, you know, but, you know, are you sort of in that looking down here mode or are you like, oh, my God, did you see that cloud formation? Like that was the most amazing or, oh, there's the way the sun is coming through the trees. I mean, we just went through fall, you know, beautiful fall here, right? Where are you choosing to put your awareness? Because two people can be taking the same exact walk and having a very different experience. Wow. Depending yeah. on where they choose to put their awareness. Exactly. And then where you put your awareness is what you continue to create in your life right? That's the basic law of attraction. Where your attention goes, the energy flows. So if you're always looking at the crap in the gutter and everything that's going wrong and blaming this one for that and the other one for the other thing, literally you just draw that back to you because it's magnetic. The feeling energy is magnetic. Mm -hmm. so, you know, we just think about where, where's my eyesight? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much. You can reach Catherine. What is your website? Oh, my website, which is somewhat outdated at this point, <laughs> is Sacred Heart Alchemy. Sacred Heart Alchemy. Okay. But I have a regular Facebook page. I have my, the Facebook group. So right now, actually the contact application for the website, I'm in the middle of switching. So that's probably not the best place for people to go. Uh, I'm just going to cross that out then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say the a divinely inspired feminine leaders, Facebook group, okay. or just my Catherine Ewing personal page and they can. Okay. Great. Reach wonderful. out to me. All right. Well, Catherine, it was wonderful to see yeah. you, to hear your voice, to talk with you and, We'll have to get the group together again when we do our 20th on our 20th anniversary or something. So yes, when COVID is a distant memory. Yeah. Thing of the past. Yeah. 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 And, and hopefully we will all have come out the other side of it, having done some significant deep work, because mm -hmm. I do think that this is the opportunity here. I know not everybody's life has slowed down. God bless the people in healthcare and the teachers and all the school personnel, just God bless them or the parents who are trying to work from home and do hybrid schooling with their kids. Yeah. <laughs> deep, deep, deep respect. But for many others, life has slowed. And I think that gives us an opportunity to really do a deeper dive into yeah. life and who you are. And, and, and where we want this, this world to be and to yeah. grow into. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, my dear. Well, yeah. lovely. Well, I sort of hate to say goodbye, but <laughs> it is All that right. time. Yep. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.